What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Let's go to Song of Songs 7, verse 10. Song of Songs 7, 10. We are at this, this, this junction in the, in the book where, where Christ in chapter 7 is speaking over his bride. That's how we've been teaching this book. And now she is responding to his affirmation. And there's been large areas of affirmation where he is just speaking over her, how he feels about her. And she has received this so much it changes her. And listen to her response in 10a of Song of Songs 7. I am my beloved's. Say that, church. I am my beloved's. Many of us, if we've grown up in the church, we've heard about the salvation prayer. That thing is good. You should pray it. But are you still there? Or have you come to the place where you declare, not only internally, but externally, I am my beloved. I am his So much of our identity is wrapped up in what we do, right, at parties. Hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? And as we'll see in the following passages, she doesn't care. It doesn't matter what she does. Why? Because I am my beloved. I'm my beloved. This is the greatest fact about my life. I belong to Jesus. I'm reading a guy, Frank LeBeau or Lobick. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. If you know, please come let me know. But in his biography, he said this. He said, a prison or a palace, it makes no difference to me. Woo! So when I pray that, I'm like, God, a prison or a palace, it makes no difference to me, but but Lord, have mercy. I do want to just say I do prefer the palace. (laughs) Our dad's good with that, guys. Be honest. Because sometimes we, you know, again, I say this, some of the biggest lies that the church sings, church says, is on Sunday morning during worship. Just singing along. And we're not thinking about. It's like if you go to a place where, uh, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and I will be done. Do you realize what that means? And it's just gone through. It means this. Thy kingdom come in my life, just like it's done in heaven, where your will is done every time. This life isn't my own. It's not about my kingdom. It's about your kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, just like it is in heaven. And we just say that flippantly, and we don't realize we don't really mean that. And this is why Jesus chin-checked the rich young ruler. I've obeyed all your commands. I can quote them. Okay, okay, here's what I want you to do. Give all your money away. Come follow me. I 
I am my beloved's. So many of us define ourselves by our accomplishments. I'm a Navy SEAL. I'm a Marine. Hoorah. I've got this degree. I've got that degree. I did 516. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I go to this church, I go to that church, right? Her thing is, I'm my beloved. That's reigning supreme over her life. Some people define themselves by their failures. Hey, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm an addict. No, I'd like to introduce myself. I am my beloved. Woo, that's a boast. There's pride there. Her identity is established in her being a lover of God. She says, I belong to Jesus. This is one of the great statements in Scripture. I am my beloved's. Basically, he owns me. He owns me. He owns me. He's purchased me by his own blood that is precious. She's so proud to say, I'm my beloved. What about you, Christian? Keep your place here. I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 3. Most of us, most of us, if we're being honest, I am my beloved. That's not my focus all the time. I'm concerned what they think, what they'll say, what, how this is going to affect me, how, right? But being so intoxicated by his love, I am my beloved. In the King James Version, the phrase is, in him or in Christ, Paul uses 91 times. I am in Christ. I am my beloved. 91 times. One of Paul's favorite phrases. I am in Christ. I am my beloved. This is the supreme position in our life. And if we believe that, Colossians 3, 1 through 4, would, would be lived out in our life on the regular. Let's look at it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died. Say, I'm dead. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. There is this reality as I am my beloved's, my whole focus and mindset is that I'm in Christ. 
I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This is what Paul was saying in Philippians 1.21, right? That, that for, me, for, to me, for, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I want to be found in him and him alone. Why? Because he's my beloved. He's everything to me. So at this time, I don't want to walk you through a sinner's prayer. I want to walk you through a prayer that says to Jesus, I want to move off the milk and I want to move into a marriage where I am your beloved. So if you want that, I want you to repeat after me in this prayer. If you don't want that, don't be fake. Let's pray. Jesus, I simply say, I am your beloved. I give you my life again this morning. My whole life. This is not a religious duty. I am so in love with you. Because you loved me first. You ransomed me. With your precious blood. On that rugged cross. So I declare, I am yours. I am your beloved. Teach me how to live like this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's go to 10b. She finishes out this statement, I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. His desire is for me. There's three things that I'm going to give you if you're taking note. His desire for me is also the anthem of her life. She is confident. She is convinced. And she is so convinced that she even does her work differently. And so first point is this. She has grown from an insecure posture to being convinced that his desire is for her. Point number one, she's grown from an immature posture of being convinced now that his desires for me. Let's keep our place here and turn to first Song of Solomon 1.7. Song of Solomon, Solomon 1.7. A few pages over. This is at the beginning of the book when she really didn't know how amazing her king was, where she hadn't heard the words of affirmation yet, where she didn't know who she was in him. So she's asking him, hey, tell me who my soul loves. Where do you pasture your flock? Where do you make it lie down at noon? For why should I be like one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companion? She's asking this question. And by the way, the veils, the flocks, those were the prostitutes if you remember it's been a long time but that's I don't I don't want why should I be like that I just want to be close to you do you see her insecurity coming out in this statement now back to 710 there's no I hope I can follow you there's no will you please will you please just show me you you There's this convincing that his desires for me. You're going to see in chapter 8, 
This love, she's convinced of this love that is stronger than death. It's more fierce than the grave. Many waters cannot put out this flame of love. If a person offered everything that he had for her love, he's going to be utterly despised because she is convinced that there is nothing greater on this planet than the love of Christ. And so she's grown from insecure to being convinced that his desires for her. Christian, are you like that? When you mess up, when you make mistakes, when you don't go after God like you know you should, do you wonder sometimes if he still desires you? Do you feel like I just can't talk to him because I just did this thing? His desire for you never changes despite your behavior because you belong to him. He purchased you with his own blood. He owns you. You can grieve him. That's why Ephesians 4, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. But his desires for you no matter what. Do you know that your desire, this is for some of us who think we're really mature, your desire for him, my desire for him, it doesn't even compare to his desire for us. A lot of times our love's conditional. Because when we end up in the prison, does he love me? Where are you, God? His desires for us. The second thing that, you, that I want you to, to, to get is this, is that she's also moved from a me-first relationship. A me-first relationship, yeah. A lot of Christians, a lot of Christians, they have a me-first relationship with Jesus. It's like this. It's like us saying, God bless America, instead of saying what? Bless God, America. He has blessed us. Bless God, America. See, the me first creeps in if we're not careful. Where the gospel becomes all about you and your purpose and the plans God has for you. No, 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 no. He's the hero of this story. And as Eugene Peterson says, we're just stagehands. We're behind the curtain. He's the main character. He's the plot. He's the theme. He's the hero. He is I want you to turn to Song of Songs 2.16 so you can see how she's moved from a me-first relationship with Jesus. Song of Songs 2.16, it says, it says, my beloved is mine. Do you notice that? Mine, mine, mine. What do little baby say? Mine. That's mine. Me first. My beloved is mine, and I am his. And then go to 5.16, please. Song of Songs 5.16. This is my beloved, and he is my friend. Again, we see my, my. My, my, my. Let's go to 6-3. And now she's coming into maturity. I am my beloved's, 
and my beloved's is mine. You still see mine there, right? Why? Because as we grow in Christ, he becomes more and more. He must increase and I must what? Decrease. Let's go to 710 again. I am my beloved's, period. It ain't about me anymore, baby. Say it ain't about me. All the minds are gone. I am my beloved's. And his desire, his desire, not my desires, his desires is for me. This is a Christ-centered, God-centered, God-focused, God-fixed posture towards someone who is completely consumed. And so the second point again, are you kind of still a me-first Christian? Or have you moved to the place where he is first? The third thing that I want you to get is this. She has given up control of her life and, she, and desires for him to control her. Have you said to Jesus, will you control me? Now, some of us with control issues, we don't like that. So what I want you to do is I want you to go to Genesis 3.16. This word here in the Hebrew, desire, is the word teshuka. Say that. Teshuka. Teshuka. You learned Hebrew today. And hopefully I said it right. Teshuka. And so God is cursing the woman. Genesis 3.16. To the woman, Genesis 3.16 is where I want you to start off. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children, and your desire, say Tashuka, shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Now, some of us say, well, every curse was broken when Jesus came. Okay, ladies that have had babies without any narcotics. Is that true? Did every curse get broken? Whoa! Again, this was part of the curse. Your Tashuka shall be contrary to your husband. Basically, women, listen, I'm not trying to demean you because this is what the Lord has said. Your desire would be to, will be to rule your husband. That's part of the flesh in you. Again, we can cast out the devil. We can't cast out our flesh. So ladies, it's going to be a thing that's going to be with you. And I, I'm not trying to be negative anyway. Through Christ, you can overcome it. Through Christ. But it's a thing. Some dudes are just being really quiet right now. but he shall rule over you. There's even rebellion against that as well. Let's go over one more page to Genesis 4, 6. 
Genesis 4, 6. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door and its desire to shuka is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. So here is this root word, teshuka, teshuka, teshuka. God is saying to Cain, who's operating out of jealousy and anger and bitterness that's beginning to creep up, he does not have the Holy Spirit like we do. But God gave him the capacity, apart from the Holy Spirit, to not allow sin to rule over. Think about that for a second. Some of us make excuses like, like the devil made me do it or I guess just too, it's just too hard for me. Well, listen, you got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It is within you and you can overcome anything and everything. So stop it. Don't disrespect God and his power by saying you can't overcome something. God is telling him this sin, it's, it's desire, desire to shuka, to control you. Now, in both these passages, is this word a negative or a positive? It's negative, right? Right? The, 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 the woman wanting to control the man, sin wanting to control, right? That's both in a negative context. Now we go back to chapter 7 again of Song of Songs. And it's the same word. This word is used three times in the Old Testament. And we've just seen all places. Genesis 3.16, Genesis 4.7, Song of Songs 7, verse 10, I am my beloved's and his Teshuka is for me. Now what's changed now? This is Positive. She is so convinced, listen, Christian, she is so convinced of how good and how loving and how pure his motives are that she is saying, I give up the keys to my life. You control me. Wives, could you say that to your husbands? She says that to her husband her redeemer, and says, control me, take over. Jesus, take the wheel. I want to follow. I surrender. I'm yours. I have an undivided heart. I don't want to lead anymore. I'm tired of that. Will you come and be king over my life and do whatever you want with me. I'm yours. Wow. That is a belief and a convincing that God is love and that God is good. The reason we can't do that with one another is because we don't trust the Christ in one another.
The word ebed in the Hebrew, it's used over 750 times. It means to make oneself of complete disposal to another. It's translated servant of the Lord. Joshua was an ebed of Moses. He served him for 40 years. And when it became time to lead, he's like, I can't do this. And there was fear. He served faithfully because it wasn't about him taking over for Moses. It was about him being completely given over to another person. Do we see that in the church? Whew. Love one another as I've loved you. This is how the world will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. I wonder if we could slide into Shuka in that. His leadership is perfect, so please, Tashuka me. Please. J.C. Ryle says this, Be filled with the Spirit. Seek to be more and more under His blessed influence. Strive to have every thought, word, and action brought under the obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Grieve Him not by inconsistencies and conformity to the world. Quench Him not by trifling with little infirmities and small besetting sins. Rather, seek to have him ruling and reigning more completely over you every week that you live the rest of your life. Quote, unquote, J.C. Ryle. God's desire is to have us, and again, it's, it's a greater desire than we have to have him. He seeks us. He leaves the 99 and goes after. And this life-changing truth removes compromise from our life. Are you so convinced of his love and his goodness that you've said, I don't want to lead my life anymore? Having Jesus with full control in my life, this brings true peace and rest because I've just given up. How would our life change if we can look into the eyes of Christ and say, will you Tashuka me? I want you to turn to Hebrews 11.5, please. Hebrews 11.5, this is the great hall of faith here in Hebrews 11. We know little about this guy, Enoch. Hebrews 11.5, it says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Let me just say, Enoch got Tashukad. 
Wherever you want to take me, God, take me. Some of us are really afraid to die. And what's going to happen? And how's that going to happen? But Scripture says, death, where is your sting? Where is your sting? When we're in spiritual warfare, listen. Enemy, God's desire, his teshuka is for me. And you better leave me alone. You better leave me alone. Because I am my beloved's. I am my beloved's. When the world and others reject me, we can simply say, oh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do because you have a desire for me, you teshuka me, and I am yours, and I bless them now. She acknowledges the source of her great love for him it's rooted in her revelation of his passionate desire and enjoyment of her. We love because he first loved us. Let's go to 1 John 4.19, and that's where we're going to close. Very simple phrase right there in 419. We love because he first loved us. His desire is for us, and it always has been before the foundation of the world. He loves you with an everlasting love. His love never changes. And we can love because of his Love for us was first given to us. And so this impacts one of our greatest emotional needs as people. The need of feeling valued. The need of feeling worthy. It's impossible to be valued more than this. That the Son of God spilled His blood to have me in His arms. That He adopted me. And this truth that becomes her truth deep within her heart, that he desires me, he wants to teshuka me. And so I just declare, you are my beloved, you are my beloved, and I am yours, I am yours. And this transforms how she thinks and feels about herself. And when she rests in that, it changes how she moves towards others. So let's... Do the same thing we did with the other verse if you feel so led. We're going to ask the Lord to teshuka us. So repeat after me if you really mean it. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your desire is for us. Teshuka us, Lord. We receive this fact you desire me. I release control and I ask that you would take full control. I surrender my surrender 
because only you can complete my surrender. Have mercy to shuka me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Worship team, come on up, please. If in your heart you had a hard time singing that, if in your heart you had a hard time declaring that to God, just come forward. Because there might be a block in you where something has happened to you in your life where you can't fully trust. Maybe it's church hurt. Maybe it's a parental hurt. Maybe something has happened where you just don't trust. If God loved me, why did this happen? And I can't surrender because I don't trust him. When you are honest with God, he can come into that. And so if you need prayer, we're up here for you as we sing and as we worship. Let's go ahead and stand if you feel led. Jesus, you are king over all. We thank you that you call us your beloved. We thank you that your desire is for us. May this truth, God, that we discussed today overwhelm us so that every worry and every fear, every trial, every circumstance, it really doesn't matter because I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. We don't want to just learn about you, Jesus. We want to walk in the union that you spilt your blood for, this marriage that we have with you as we are your bride. So come and visit us as we sing. Come and pour out your spirit as we sing, God. And if there's anyone here that needs prayer for anything, Holy Spirit, would you draw them up now? Draw them up to the altar, God, so that they can receive what you have for them. In Jesus' name. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.